This is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. I'm Graham Shelton. I work in the Mayor's Office. Today on the podcast, the wide, wide world of Louisville. We're going to start with World Fest. It's happening this weekend. Mr. Mayor, tell us about World Fest. World Fest is one of our great celebrations of the city. You know, we've got over 140 languages that are spoken in Louisville. So this is a weekend where all the international flavor of Louisville comes to the fore. And that's whether it's new citizens here or folks that have been here for six, seven, eight generations celebrating their heritage. So it's also the city's biggest free music festival. It's over 70 acts. So if you want good music, good food, good times, World Fest, four days over Labor Day is what it's all about. It's happening at the Belvedere all weekend long. And World Fest is happening this week in the context of our ongoing national discussion about immigration, as well as really what America's relationship should be with the rest of the world. Now, ever since you came into office, you've been a big supporter of of immigration and of making Louisville a more global city. Talk about what that means to you, and also talk about where that comes from for you just as a person. Well, first, why it's important from a business perspective. And remember, I'm an entrepreneur that just happens to be mayor. Any competitive city is going to be able to compete globally with its businesses. And from my experience, my first company, Servend International, is what we called it. Even though we started in a garage with four people, we thought someday would be a great international business. Uh, we were able to build a great global business that employed hundreds and hundreds of people and provided for lots of families. So. It's important that every company, if they have an opportunity to globalize their business, does that because if they don't and they're in a global industry, they will be taken out by somebody else that realizes that this is, in fact, a global economy. Uh, Secondly, it's really important that our kids grow up in a city where they're able to operate not just here in Louisville, but they need to be as uncomfortable as, let's say, in London, England, or in Lahore, Pakistan, or Cape Town, South Africa, because we're in a really mobile society right now. So there's huge economic reasons for us to do that. And then secondly, or excuse me, thirdly, uh, we are a country of immigrants. And we have, we've had different waves of immigrants at different times in our, in our country's history. It's what provides the growth engine for us, not just in population, but also in entrepreneurship. All the statistics over time, no matter what the generation or where the immigrants came from, there's a higher degree of entrepreneurship uh, with immigrants as well. So makes our cities much more interesting and much more realistic in terms of where the world is getting smaller and smaller. So strong cities lean into that and they grow from a global mindset. But immigration isn't just something you've observed. It's part of your family story too. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, My wife's story is very interesting. Her Mom and dad were refugees uh, from the Civil War that happened in Greece after World War II. Uh, third and sixth grade education uh, came over to the United States. Uh, her dad worked in the steel mills of East Chicago before they moved back to Greece. What was interesting about my in-laws, they never owned an automobile so that they could put all their money into their kids' education. Uh, my wife's high school counselor was a graduate of Berea College. And that's how she ended up going to Berea and getting her undergraduate degree there and then came to the University of Louisville Medical Schools where I met her. So in one generation, uh, her family went from a third and sixth grade education to a MD, a PhD, and a master's degree. And that is very much the story of immigration in America. And who would not want people like this as part of our country? And that's just one shining example of why immigration is so important to the United States of America. Well, one issue around immigration right now is there's been talk lately that President Trump might end the special protections that President Obama had put in place for the folks known as the Dreamers, 
people who came here were brought here by their parents as children. They're in the country without documentation, but President Obama put this path forward for them to potentially get citizenship. And we haven't had confirmation as of the moment we're recording this, but there is talk President Trump might end that. And you've been a pretty outspoken critic of that possibility. Why is that? Yes, and I, and I don't see it so much as a President Obama, President Trump thing. I see it as a promise that the United States of America, uh, our federal government, made to the Dreamers in 2012 that uh, please uh, come out of the shadows if you're in the shadows. If you're here in our country, you're pursuing an education, you have a job, you have no serious criminal record, we want to make sure that you've got a pathway to citizenship. And so the United States of America said that in 2012, and obviously millions of people took advantage of that. And here in our city, we have at least 5,000 dreamers. So these are the best and brightest, the future of our country, uh, high employment levels, high education levels, high entrepreneurship levels. But I just cannot imagine that the United States of America would go back on a promise that we made to our people that live in this country and say, well, really, we were just kidding, and now we're going to deport all you guys. That's not realistic. That's not in keeping with the values of our country either, and it's just not practical. So I think we need to be full-throated in our support of immigration, legal immigration as well, and keeping the promises that we've made to our dreamers. When you hear people express suspicion or disdain for immigration, what do you think is behind that? Uh, typically what I see is isolation, uh, lack of exposure to people that are not like you. Uh, when we all know that when we get to know somebody that might be different skin color, ethnicity, whatever it is, it takes away the suspicion, if you will. You find out they've got kids just like I have. They're just trying to get by day to day like I am as well. So, But when you're in isolated areas and don't have a lot of exposure, and then you have, frankly, politicians that gin some of this up, uh, it can take turn you in a bad place. What I what I ask people to do is kind of step back, take a look at what's going on in our country, what's always built our country, and that's immigration. And f- don't fear that there's something to lose here. What we've got to do is grow a bigger economy together, and then we've all got to say, okay, am I prepared to participate in the economy at whatever level it is? You don't get ahead by blaming other people. Uh, you get ahead by kind of being realistic about what's going on in the country and the state and saying, do I need new skills, whether they be in the classroom, or do I need to expose myself to a bigger mindset as well? So we see when people come together, uh, they appreciate each other for human beings. You know, that's the primary political party or primary country as well, and then we can move forward together. What's your favorite part of World Fest? I like the music. You know, I used to be a music promoter back in the day. So uh, with 70 concerts there, everything ranging from polka dancing to reggae to salsa, everybody can find something. So the music brings together just this extraordinary, uh, diverse mix of Louisvillians and people from the region to enjoy it and come together and enjoy the food. It's a real celebration of humanity for, for everybody, whether you've been here for 10 generations or 10 days. Uh, everybody comes together, and it's a great, great time. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Good to be with you. Now we're going to talk with Brian Warren. He's the director of the city's Office for Globalization. His job is to help new Americans get acclimated to life in Louisville, to encourage multiculturalism, and to promote global economic development. One perpetual issue in the world of immigration is the future of undocumented immigrants, like the Dreamers. And one challenge, apparently, is determining how many there are. 
when you talk about you know undocumented residents, you know that population number one is hard to determine on what scale uh, they are present within the community. We know they're here, um, but it's hard to determine what the scale is, and you know, and really, we know they're being impacted. But because we don't know how big that community is, it's really hard to determine you know the 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 full impact of what's going on. But the people I do know. Uh, are really anxious and extremely fearful. And when you see children who are clinging to their parents, um, you know, with the fear that they're going to be picked up and deported, uh, when you see parents and, and senior citizens not leaving their home to get services, health care, uh, or um, are getting taken advantage of, that's wrong. I mean, that, that's a moral problem. Taking advantage of how? Well, you know, uh, so. If, if you're not going to leave your house, someone may gouge you on uh, purchasing food, um, or you may, um, or you may uh, uh, end up, you know, um, losing services and then having to buy them at a higher price. And so, so I think people are going to people can get taken advantage even outside of these particular circumstances. But I think the opportunity for that is much higher now. And so. You know, the, whatever we can do to provide a lot greater sense of inclusion and safety and, and hopefully get the rest of the community to assist in providing service is, is part of the work we can do to help those communities that are, you know, currently living in fear. And the mayor gets the question a lot about, is Louisville a sanctuary city? Should it be a sanctuary city? What's the thinking behind the response to that question? Well. Uh, the first thing is that term sanctuary is still extraordinarily undefined. Um, there's not a set of, you know, check mark, you know, check boxes that say that, you know, a city is a sanctuary city or not. Um, from our perspective, we have been doing work in our city that really maintains this idea of welcome, um, which, you know, is beyond just, you know, discussing the, the terms of, of legal or um, illegal in, uh, immigration into the country. And so we're, we're not really taking on, you know, this discussion because, it, number one, it isn't defined. It puts a target on our back uh, that's really unnecessary. And we'd really take the Office for Globalization and the city away from real essential work that's needed to build, you know, sustainability and um, prosperity for for everyone and particularly immigrants if you're you know we've got a lot of other programs in place to assist them with education with career development uh, with getting them naturalized and on the road to citizenship and to me those are the things that you know are really kind of foundational and um, have real impact that we can focus on here in the city sanctuary really is a politicized discussion uh, that would really take us away from that really important core work do we lose something by not using the phrase sanctuary city? I think we actually gain something by not getting involved in that debate. And in many ways, I think we begin to define in Louisville's side what we are. We're a welcoming city. Sanctuary is something that someone else is identifying us as. And it's, you know, because it's become this politicized word, you know, it either puts us on one side of a divisive debate or on the other side of a divisive debate. And I'd rather be in the area of doing constructive work, which is welcoming. And when I talk about welcoming, it's not just this kind of toothless, 
you know, I'm saying hello to you, extending my hand, but it's really about putting in structural mechanisms, policies, and foundational work that really builds a core that immigrants can stand on, you know, to, you know, as, as Mayor always like, you know, fulfill their full potential. So I think that's extraordinarily important, and, and that's why, that's why I've, you know, I, I really, you know, am not as interested in engaging in that discussion of sanctuary. I understand it, you know, and I understand we want to provide, you know, a, um, a signal out to our immigrant and refugee communities that, that by taking on the stance that, you know, they're, that we, we believe in, in ensuring their safety and, and viability here in the city. But the other thing that um, I get concerned about, you know, when we start talking about sanctuary status is that really does not ensure any safety from immigration enforcement. You know, so we can't stop the federal enforcement officials from coming and doing their work in the city. And I'm afraid that would give a false sense of security that if, you know, we come out as a sanctuary city that all of a sudden, you know, I can walk freely around the community and not have to worry about getting apprehended and detained and possibly de deported. And there could be nothing further from the truth. Do Muslim immigrants face particular challenges? Oh, I, I definitely think that our Muslim community is facing uh, a really huge challenge right now. Um, you know they've been they've been they've been challenged ever since 9/11, and you know now that we have entered into this you know current state of nat, uh, national discussion uh, in this you know moment globally in which we're dealing with terrorism and you know a lot of anxiety of what is perpetrating that and where is it coming from and trying to find someone to blame for it. It makes it very difficult for you know Muslims to kind of combat that you know particular you know rhetoric that's going on in the country. But you know it's I, when you talk with our Muslim community who are activists, uh, they see it as you know a challenge, but also as an opportunity because now it does shed, shed some light you know on their religion and their community and their culture, and it gives them a chance to reveal the good parts you know, uh, the goodness of, of Islam and, you know, those who practice that faith and the, the people that are immediately here in our community who are doing great things. Muslim Americans for Compassion, um, you know, have taken a huge step forward in organizing themselves and, and doing charitable work on the community. Uh, and they're challenged as well to, you know, provide education programs and to enlighten people uh, about the religion and, you know, the people that practice it here in our, in our community. Who's here? Who are our most prominent immigrant communities right now? Well, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think most people have recognized a lot of internationals in the community. I moved here in 2000, and the number of foreign-born folks that are around and, and their presence in restaurants, in shops, uh, you know, participating in uh, activities like sports, their kids in school, you can see them all over the place. Um, and, you know, when you, when you really begin kind of digging down and, and looking at who's here, you begin to see there's a lot of Spanish speakers, and that's uh, an outgrowth of the fact that we've had a, a large growth of Cubans in the last few years. But you're also, over the last couple of years, seeing a lot of Africans, so Burundians, Congolese, uh, Sudanese in the community. So we're, we're seeing this kind of big growth of diversity and diaspora here in the city, and it's pretty amazing. So what is it when you have 
actually talk about the different paths that lead people from other countries to Louisville. Well, you know, historically, and, and this goes back to 1990 when we really began to see significant numbers of foreign-born immigrants coming into the community, but they they track from a, a lot of different countries, but there's a, there's one particular single source that really is driving that immigration growth, and that has been refugee resettlement. The Louisville area has two of the best refugee resettlement organizations in the country, in Kentucky Refugee Ministries and Catholic Charities. And because of, you know, some native uh, advantages we have here in the city that we're small and, well, you know, a smaller city welcoming, we have affordable housing, uh, jobs, good health care, and such great resettlement agencies, we have grown as a resettlement area within the United States. And in fact, Jefferson County is the 11th largest resettlement county in the United States. Well, you're going to find most of the immigrant population um, really kind of growing in two specific corridors in the city. So that first group are refugees and those who may have had lower income levels that are settling into the community. And you're generally going to find them from Watterson South between Taylor Boulevard and I-64. So if, you, if you've traveled around the city, you're going to notice that there's an awful lot of Vietnamese down in that Beachmont area. And you know that is where they initially settled. And there's still a, a big population down there. And that's why you see places like Annie's Cafe or Vietnam Kitchen located in those neighborhoods, because that's where they first settled. And there's still a pretty good, strong community there. When we begin looking, when you go eastward, you look at Preston Highway, and so you're seeing a lot of Hispanics and Latinos in that area, Cubans, Mexicans, and you know the accompanying businesses and restaurants that are in that area kind of reflect that as well. So if you want to get some really good, authentic Mexican food uh, from a place where you can't read the menu, go down Preston Highway, and uh, you know you know try you know uh, oxtail or, or beef tongue or something like that. And then uh, the the other area that is kind of growing quickly is that West Butchel area. And so if you've been over in that section of the city, you're going to see halal meat stores, you're going to see some Korean shops, uh, you'll see Bhutanese and Nepalese in that area. So there's a, there was a Nepalese restaurant in that, in that business corridor, and there's still a, uh, a retail store there as well. And, then, and then, the, then it kind of spreads out. And so the other, the other corridor of growth is St. Matthew's through Lake Forest 64 towards Frankfurt. And that's where the, the kind of, um, you know, the more prosperous immigrants have kind of begun to settle. So these are professionals, uh, and they're settling in that quarter along there. Okay. Uh, you know, Mayor Fisher talked about this a little bit, but go into some, Mayor Fisher talked about this a little bit, but I'd like to hear you talk about what it, what does the city get out of having immigrants come and settle here? Well, I think most immediately population growth. Um, we, you know, most cities and a lot of areas of the country are struggling uh, with population growth. And we have pretty much remained fairly stagnant, you know, over the last 30 years in native-born population growth. In fact, there's been, a, uh, in some years, a, a decrease in native-born people in the city. And the reason why we've been able to maintain any positive growth in, in a kind of sustained way in those years is because we've had immigrants coming into the city. And, you know, when we look at it from an economic perspective, and so for the folks who don't know, the Office for Globalization actually is 
part of economic development in the city. We're not part of community services. And so as we look at it as, a, as an economic phenomenon, you, when you have that kind of positive population growth, businesses grow, you have workforce. And as we've been seeing the city grow economically, we have $11 billion of investment, as the mayor talks about, 30,000 open jobs. We need people. And you know that focus on that you know, kind of strong, positive growth in that particular segment of our population, I think, is a native advantage of our city. And so providing some resources and, and research and look in how to maintain that and grow that is one part of that larger picture of how we continue to grow economically in the city. So the city has a literal investment in the success of the immigrants who come here. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, one. I mean, one of the one of the the facts that we know with immigrants is they start businesses at twice the rate of native-born people. Um, they have a much higher percentage of people that are in the optimal work age range of 25 to 44. And so, as we look in, if we look at trends over time, we're really looking at people who are going to be major contributors to our, our economic growth. But and, and I say this from a, that, and that's kind of wonky. I mean, I will readily admit that's, you know, one of those economic development. I wasn't going to say anything, but. But, I, but the other part of it is, and, 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 you know, I mean, living in a city that's diverse and interesting is part of living in a city. And when I go to other cities, I want to see that diversity of their culture. And to have that in our city makes us much more attractive. And if we're going to be competitive to bring other workforce to the city, millennials and baby boomers, we need to have the kind of city that's attractive to that kind of person, and diversity is a big part of that. If people hear this and they want to contribute to helping immigrants in Louisville feel welcome, what can they do? Oh my, I mean, there's so many things you can do in the community. Um, you know, first things first, you can volunteer with our resettlement agencies, Kentucky Refugee Ministries or Catholic Charities, uh, America Kana Community Center down in the Beachmont neighborhood, uh, serves immigrants and refugees, but a lot of immigrants who don't fall within the um, the service provision of, of refugee dollars. There are a number of churches who are reaching out to communities and, and uh, gathering food and clothing. Uh, you can volunteer with the, with the library for their English conversation club. Sit down and have a conversation with a, with a new immigrant neighbor. And, uh, and help them learn English. So there's a number of things that can be done. I mean, they're just, they're, you know, and, and one way to, you know, find out about these things is to contact any of those organizations or, you know, of course, um, I'm always happy to, to guide you to, you know, something that might fit your interest. Uh, you can contact the Office for Globalization uh, by going onto the website, louisvilleky.gov slash government forward slash globalization. And, uh, and you can find my contact information there. Thank you very much. Brian Warren is the city's director of the Office for Globalization. Thanks Thank for joining us, Brian. Thank you, Graham. You can check out World Fest all Labor Day weekend on the Belvedere, downtown Louisville. Music, food, fun of all kinds from around the world. More information at worldfestlouisville.com. And you can keep up with Mayor Fisher on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Graham Shelby. Our producer is Joe Lord. And this is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. Thanks for listening.